Hey, y'all. To celebrate 50,000 listens, Patrick and I decided to drop some merchandise. Um, we have set it up through Teespring. We have shirts and mugs and totes. I'm really excited about the mug and the sticker. I'm waiting on mine so I can put the sticker on my laptop. We'd love it if you purchased something and like showed your support for the show. You can find the link below in the description. You can also go to the Common Sense Pod website or commonsensepod.com and just click on the tab that says store and it should take you straight to our shop with all the listings. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. I can do anything. Everybody and welcome back to episode number thirty-two. I'm looking at you, and we are back at it again with another episode of the Common Sense Podcast. My name is Patrick, and I'm Antonia, and we back up in this thing. Thirty-two weeks later, how are you? I'm managing. It was a rough week back after spring break. It's like a. It's one of those weeks where everybody's in disarray. So it's like, you know, those lesson plans that you, you know, did. It's like, yeah, we did them, but we didn't because we had to go over routines and procedures. And now we're in like the final stretch to, you know, getting out of school, which is a whole nother thing as well. So I feel like I didn't even have time to do that because they're so serious about not wasting any like instructional time that they were already doing walkthroughs that Tuesday. And there were some that Monday. And before you do that, any good news? <laughs> um, good news. Oh, well, I mean, it's going to sound like so minor, but because I love reading as much as I do, and I'm like trying not to spend so much money on books when I can like use the library, I have gotten really good at requesting books to be sent to like my local library before they're published so that I can be the first one on the um, the list to get them. And so I was able to reserve this book called Queenie by okay. Candace. Candace Williams, um, because I keep seeing it like on, on there's this thing called Bookstagram, but I keep seeing it on Bookstagram and I really want to read it. And I was the first one to get it and I'm already halfway through with it. Um, and hopefully I finish it today, which will be like two weeks in a row that I finished an entire book that was more than 300 pages long, which is really exciting for me um, because I've been like in a reading slump. So I'm really actually excited about that. Um, what else is there? It's hot enough to sit by the pool now after work. And, oh, I think I'm just going to bite the bullet and join a boutique Pilates gym and and pay the price because I miss Pilates. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I'm trying to figure out like what I'm going to sacrifice in other areas to afford it or if I'll like babysit more. But yeah. I've I've decided that I'm going to do that. So those are three good things that are happening. So the highlight of the highlight of my week was sitting in a comfy chair with a very nice blanket, a pillow that is sort of like an airplane pillow, but satin, 
eating chicken strips, slightly salted french fries, accompanied with... <laughs> that sounds like a movie meal. I'm not reading anything also. Accompanied with a blueberry and apple pie with vanilla ice cream on top and chocolate drizzle underneath. Diabetes. My feet feet up as I totally allowed myself to take in the masterpiece that is Us, directed by Jordan Peele. No, I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) What a fantastic film that was. We have some haters. We most certainly have some haters out there this time around. Um, But I just enjoyed the experience. If people don't know this about me, you should know that I am a horror lover. Since I was, you know, a young boy, maybe kindergarten, you know, my aunts definitely made sure that I watched every single Halloween movie, every single Friday the 13th, every single um Nightmare on Elm Street, like that was just our thing as a family that we did. My aunts, my uncles, my cousin, my dad, sometimes my grandma, she wasn't working the night shift, but we loved horror. I grew up on old school horror and and I grew up with the genre. And so um, I'm really loving what Jordan Peele is doing with the horror genre. It makes me wish that there was more horror kids lit. For ah, horror, okay. horror young adult fiction, um, I wish that there was more of that out there. Um, but I have just really enjoyed seeing Jordan Peele do his thing, and I loved us, loved us. I'm not going to compare it to Get Out because I don't think that would be a fair comparison. But I had a phenomenal time with my seven star showing of the movie so it seems like there's like two parties right like either i loved it or hated it and i haven't seen any spoilers on twitter yet but i have seen tweets that are like if you hated it it's because you didn't learn how to infer anything in elementary i don't want to read people which wait but But i just i thought that was funny like the the fact that y'all went straight to the fact that you might be lacking inferencing skills and that's why you didn't enjoy the movie Hashtag social promotion. I just feel <laughs> like, you know, many of us, we left some of our comprehension skills at home because, you know, when we think about horror, oh my God, we're going on a tangent again. When we think about horror, I'll say this and be done. Horror has, you know, really cheapened itself as a genre. I, w- I would agree with that. You know, to cheap, you know, scares and jump scares and predictability um guts and gore and like all this stuff right but i think that jordan peele is like showing us that um hey we are the monsters and i don't have to you know do all this gory stuff for you to see that but i think that that's what makes his film um not just this film but get out as well you know really frightening is that it's so realistic that it's like, wow, okay, yeah, I got it. But it just also was fun to watch. 
I love the score. I've been listening to, to the score as I work out. Um, I'm, I'm just such a big horror lover. And so that was the highlight of my week. Also sleeping in, um, trying to be more creative as I think more about this teaching thing. <laughs> like, you know, how can I make my classroom more fun? How can I do a couple things here and there to like be more relatable to the kids that I have? And, uh, you know, that was a thinking about that was a highlight as well. So, yeah, but shout out to Jordan Peele. Fantastic movie. I'm going to go see it again the next paycheck I get. Amen. I can't wait to talk to you about it. I'm, I'm hoping to, like, randomly go see it this week. But I, I have to go alone because the person I would go with, like, hates horror movies. Um, what? Yeah. So I'm going to go alone, and we'll see what happens. No, I really want to go alone because I don't like, um, like, no one— no one in my circle likes horror movies. So it's like either I don't go see it or I go alone. And I'm going to be pissed if I don't get to see it. So it's kind of like the thing, like black people and traveling, like everyone's like, yeah, 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 let's go. And so it's time to put your money up and like no one goes. And then you're mad because you missed out on the trip. That's kind of how I feel about yep. horror movies. But anyway. So Antonia and I, uh, we talk often um, and we have two, I wouldn't say problems. Situations, situations, things. Something I'd love your feedback on, and vice versa. Yeah, vice versa. So let's do a little thing we like to call common sense case study. Case study. Oh my god. Okay, do you want me to go first and ask my question, or are you? It's totally fine. You seem like you're eager and ready. Yeah. Okay, so I was just curious as to, like, and I've asked a few different people, and I just want to know what you thought, but, like, after you tell an administrator that, you know, that you are not returning, in my experience, and from what I've heard from other people, a lot of them, like, give you the cold shoulder afterwards, no matter, like, how much longer you have left in that school year. And so I've gotten various answers, but I was just curious, like, what do you think? Like, why do you think that is the case? And like, what, what motivates them to do that? I don't know if motivate is even the right word, though. I I think it depends. Um, Obviously, every administrator is different. I think there are couple of theories. <laughs> I've actually never asked an administrator this. Um, so any administrators listening, we would love your feedback on it. But I have a couple of theories. The first is that they take it personally, right? It's like when you decide to leave a school, we talked about this before, you know, folks don't quit schools, they quit supervisors, they quit principals, yeah, right? And so, like, and so when you leave um, a school, in a sense, they may take that as a personal like jab to the gut, that like, dang, this person was not did not feel supported by me, or does not like me, or um, is or uh, hurt is 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 hurt by me, or is angry with me, or some sort of emotion that then affects me, and so I'm not sure how to really address that, and so um, I'm gonna kind of project my feelings onto them. That's my first theory. Uh huh. My second theory um, is, you know, kind of what I've seen, you know, f- from uh, a post, uh, which I definitely agree with, 
which is like when teacher turnover is a thing thing, like I I know that there are administrators out there who dread the hiring process ah. and like and like having to go back and find a teacher, especially when you're a good one, right? It's like I really have to find out how to replace this person. I have to hire someone and go through the district or not go through the district or like dig through resumes that are not so good. And like that whole process can be daunting. And so I think that, you know, they then might again, project that on to you. Um, And then my third is what I've seen the most, which is like, okay, you're leaving. I'm not going to kind of put as much, um, energy into you as I would the teachers who are staying because you're leaving, which I disagree with because um, in a sense, that principle is saying that I never really cared about you as an individual or as, or as a person or as a teacher, but in a sense, I only cared about you for what you were able to provide for me in my school. And so I think that all what all three of those have in common is that they're projecting hurt <laughs> that they feel onto you because you're deciding to leave. If you're leaving without like having a conversation with them and ultimately what feels like getting their permission to leave, <laughs> which you don't need. Right. I feel like I might need to figure out who in my circle or like family is an administrator so I can just ask them this question. But like your third theory um, like not putting as much energy. So like I disagree with it because or like the idea that that is what administrators are doing. Like I disagree with it because if you're not putting this energy into this teacher, like kids are negatively being impacted. So like there's still room for all of us to grow. Right. And if I as a teacher or anyone else says like, oh, you know, I'm leaving because I whatever reason, like I found something closer to home or I'm moving out of state or I am doing XYZ, it's not right that you would no longer support that teacher. Like there are children in that classroom that still need great instruction and a great educational experience. And by with by an administrator withdrawing their support, like kids are impacted. And who are we showing up for every day? It's kids. So I don't know. It 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 just it makes no sense to me. Like I could understand maybe not being as friendly because like you said, you're like taking it personal, but in no way, shape, or form should you withdraw academic support. And I've seen that happen before. Or even like they withdraw support and now they're in your room all the time looking for things to justify why you're leaving. Or I've seen with people, um, the admin is in their room all the time and then they decide to non-renew their contract before the teacher even gets like another position because they said, oh, I'm leaving. And on applications in Texas, and I don't know if this is for everyone, for applications in Texas in the Houston area, you have to put, like, have you ever been non-renewed on an application? And so, like, people being that vindictive and, like, making it difficult for teachers to move around, it just really makes me sad and breaks my heart. Because if a teacher does not, not to use the word want, but like if a teacher does not want to be there or it is not the best place for them, why should you hinder them moving forward and being of service to other children somewhere else? Mm. So that's how I feel about it. I'm f- hoping to like get get a definitive answer from an administrator at some point, and I will let you know what I find out. But I was just curious about what you thought. I hope that you don't allow for that projection of someone else's hurt 
I hope you don't allow that to affect you. Eh. Which I know is obviously easier said than done. Right, right. Because it's annoying. But in a sense, like, you know, while we're there, you know what our greater purpose is. You know how we personally feel, you and I, about... (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, You know how we feel about roles and people who are high on the ladder and all that, all those kinds of things. So, um, you know, just continue to do what you're doing and uh, future schools will see your heart in that. So like for me, this wasn't even like necessarily personal question. It's just come up several times this week with people. And I'm just like, dang, why is that even happening? But you said you had a situation. What's, what's yours? So what a journey this has been this year. Wow. When I I was jogging the other day and one of the old podcast episodes was on my uh, iTunes and it just kind of came on shuffle and I was like, wow, we have been through a lot this year. Um, I think one thing I'm trying to figure out is this is a new issue for me. Um, I've never had this problem be- before and that is I am struggling to find a vibe (laughs) with uh, my class this year. Um, Obviously, I've come in mid-year to a a very unique situation. Um, But for the first time in my career, I'm struggling making relationships. Um... And I'm not really sure what to do. I asked a question about vulnerability because normally vulnerability is an anchor of uh, my classroom. And it has been every single year. Um, And I've taught a, a, a diverse group of students. Yes, they've all been black, but there's diversity in blackness. Amen. Amen. And so, um, you know, there's no sense of vulnerability in my classroom this year for my students or for me. Um, and I'm reading a lot of comments where it's like, oh, well, you need to model that vulnerability. You need, you need to model that and, you know, and show them and have those tough conversations. And the reality is I, I just don't feel safe enough to do so. Um, I, I wouldn't s- I don't really know how to really uh, talk about my problem, <laughs> you know, simply because, uh, you know, I don't want to be in the same predicament that I was in in October. Yeah. But uh, I think the question is this. How do you measure when relationships are strong and what do you do if they are not? Because I personally don't feel as though that the relationships are strong. There, There's just no no obvious vibe, like no real cohesiveness, no real class culture. Um, there is 29 individuals in a room moving from day to day, trying to make it to June. And and that's not how I teach. That's not how I've taught. And that's not how I want to continue. But I find myself coming into roadblock um, or running into roadblock, into roadblock, into roadblock. Um, as I attempt to try to make these re- these relationships, and there has there have been events that have happened that have kind of pushed me into a shell. Yeah, 
where it's like, hey, I don't even feel like I want to be vulnerable in my own room. Um, I've lived in the United States for 26 years, and it wasn't until the Middle East where um, blatant racism has really been in my face. Um, on top of, you know, an obvious language barrier. Um, and so I think a, a big piece of it is the mindset that I bring into the room. And another piece is just like the reality of the situation. How do you, you know, kind of make those relationships across difference in a high stress environment? Um, <laughs> I just kind of feel really, really, really lost. And we can all agree that relationships are the anchor of all classrooms. That's why, you know, students are able to talk to teachers and say, you know, things that they feel like back in the day, students were able to say, uh-uh, Mr. Harris, I disagree with that because of this or because of that, right? Um, but it's just a really weird power struggle. It's just a very, like, to me, a very negative culture. Um, and like, even though there have been great moments that have happened, the typical day-to-day, I don't really feel like they nor I truly enjoy being in this classroom. And I'm not really sure what to do about it. Um, I've just been trying to not take everything personally. I've been trying to um, not leave. Um, I've been trying to, uh, you know, continuously think about what can I do to um, you know, inquire more about them and, you know, then integrate that into the classroom. Um, you know, there's just so many moving parts, teaching abroad for the first time, being black, teaching abroad for the first time. Like there's so many things. Um, and I care so much about this profession that, you know, I just, I wanted it to work out, and I am frustrated that it is not. I wonder, so I hate to ask what other teachers are doing, but is this something that you see in other classrooms too? Like in inter- interactions between other students and their teachers, that it seems like they're just in a classroom together trying to get through the day? Um, Particularly in my hallway, Yes. So like the upper grades. um, Yes. Not so much in the lower grades. So I, I so my next thing is I wonder if it's just a different expectation of the role of a teacher. Right. So like. Not to say that you're you are going in with the wrong mindset or anything, but like if there is a societal or cultural difference uh, between the way that children interact with teachers at a certain point there. Right. So like maybe you have and not and not at all that it's wrong, but maybe like your desire to create this community and like vulnerability in the classroom is not something that's normally seen there, mm. which is why it would make sense that it's like being pushed up against every single time you try to do that. Right. Um, and then also like you came in mid year. That's rough. Like you have to think of it as as you being like in October now. A lot of times you you don't hit the groove until like November, right? But you came in mid-year, they'd had this whole semester of whatever the heck was happening. And now you come in trying to like 
turn everything around, shift everything around. You come from a different cultural background. You're com- like completely new to everything there. Like it, it, I hate to say that it makes sense to me that you would struggle a little bit, but it makes sense. Like it's entirely new. I figured that I would struggle with the school and like the practices and like all that stuff. I, I didn't think that I would struggle with my actual classroom and I damn sure didn't think that I would struggle with building relationships I've never struggled with that even in the most chaotic of environments like I've never ever 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 struggled with that and so like the the fact that that's the issue for me is like so mind-boggling but you've always automatically had a connection with the children you're teaching even if it is just the fact that you teach that you are of the same race so, like, what's the common ground here? I don't know what the common ground is. And that's that's what makes like that's what makes relationships easy to develop and maintain, right? That there is some common ground somewhere from the beginning. And not to say that it's not possible, because it certainly is possible to develop and maintain relationships with people that you have no common ground with. But that is what makes it easy. Hmm. Easier. At least in my opinion. Yeah. Because like it like think of like you've always had something from the beginning in common with your children that you could relate to in some shape or fashion. That's one thing that I've, you know, been thinking about. You know, like what does it mean to connect on the grounds of humanity? Have you eaten lunch with them? Yes. I've done all the st- I've done all the stereotypical things. Hmm. I'm not, not sure what it is. They may just have decided that they're going to be anti. <laughs> <laughs> anti. Because you know, once, anti-structure. once kids get something, in, yes, once kids get something <laughs> in their head, they can carry that out until like they meet expectations. Yeah, there's been a, it's just a lot going on, um, and the thing about it, it's just it's it's not consistent. So it's like there are just a couple of students who are consistent, but like. You know, that's what's confusing to me is like, you know, some moments were good, some moments were not, some moments, you know, we're in disarray, some moments we are like, you know, some rare moments we are, you know, in a state of bliss. So I'm not really sure. I think um, what I can continue to do is continue just to think about what the role of a teacher actually is. Um it is going to F me up to change my philosophy because, you know, so much of teaching is to me has been freedom work and to be a freedom fighter, you must be vulnerable at all times. Um, but I most certainly right now teach with a brick wall up in front of me. I just do. <clears throat> I mean, when folks have said, take care of yourself, like make sure you're taking care of that yourself wall. out there. That wall is me taking care of myself. Because if that wall was not up, <laughs> I probably would. Okay. I would, mm, you know, it'll be really, 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 really rough. Um, well, you can, you're, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. <laughs> Eight days till spring break. You can do it. You can do it. And now that we've gotten that off of our chest, we can take a break and we'll be right back. Mm-mm. 
And we're back. If you have questions, you can send them to us at commonsensepod at gmail.com, or you can go through our website and send them to us at commonsensepod.com. But this week, I have two funny stories that I want to share that happened in my classroom. Um, Like, they made me laugh after they happened. And so hopefully they make y'all laugh. Don't judge me too harshly. Uh, So yeah, in kindergarten, and some people may not agree with it, but because I taught first grade, I do it. We do reading stamina every day from the very first day of school. And so like by the end of the school year, my kids are able to stay engaged with a set of books for 25 to 30 minutes without talking to anyone, without like moving all around. Like they're able to stay engaged with books, which I feel like is setting them up for success later on. Right. You know, when you do independent reading for longer periods of time. And so my only rule for reading stamina is that I should not hear you across the room because during reading stamina, I'm pulling small groups. Before they go to centers, I pull like one group that needs like complete silence and individual attention. And so like I like it to be really quiet, like we'll play music, everyone's laying on cushions, we're reading. And so this week, one of my kids, and I felt so bad and it it, it was a lesson in like being slow to react, right? And looking for what the child is doing before you like go off. This whole time I'd been like kind of watching what everyone was doing because I was reading with the group and I see like one kid who's reading and all of a sudden he's like yelling and I'm like, shh, stop. And immediately (laughs) after I say like tell him to stop, I see the words on the, the book that he's reading are like big and bolded and like it's a book that I've read earlier in the week and on that page I did yell and so I felt so bad because immediately after I said stop he like he's very sensitive he like became really sad and withdrawn and put his head down and I had to like stop my group and like hurry over to him and apologize and I was like Miss Adams is so sorry you were trying to read the book with expression and I realized right after I told you to stop what you were doing like please forgive me and and like keep reading you're doing such a great job is that what you're trying to do and he's like yeah I was just reading (laughs) and I just felt come on third person (laughs) (laughs) I just felt so bad because had I like stopped for a moment, like even a split second to look at the situation around him before I told him to stop like that, then I would have realized what he was doing and I would not have caused the child to cry. And Mm. like later on, I see his, his parents very often. So like that later on the next day I went and was like, I feel so bad because I did this. And they were like, well, thank you for apologizing to him so that he knows like that he was doing what he was supposed to. And that, you know, that you were proud of what he was doing. And even then it teaches him that, you know, grownups make mistakes and grownups should always should always apologize as well. Um, so, yeah, that was my like, oh, my goodness, I feel so bad this week. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then the second. St- no, I don't love that you did that, but that was that's. A good yeah. Story. <laughs> so the second story is related to reading stamina as well. Um, and I'm th- like, I can be very dramatic with with my kids. And so, like. They're reading and I just hear the noise like creeping up, creeping up. And like I'm looking and I'm watching and like little by little, fewer and fewer of them are reading. And so like I shut everything down and we come to the carpet and I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, what was that? Like, what were you doing during reading stamina? (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) they like started one by one telling me what was happening. And one of them was like, well, you're talking too much to other kids while we're trying to read. Um, you're not very quiet. 
he's not quite like they were just listing off very reasonable answers. Right. And then one of them goes, maybe we don't like reading stamina. (laughs) And I stopped because the one who said it like asks every day to do reading stamina. So I was like, oh, my goodness, you don't like reading stamina. And he looked at me like he was confused, like he didn't expect me to like take it so personal. And I was just like, I love reading stamina. I read every night at home for 30 to 40 minutes. And like, (laughs) and I was like, and I bring you, but like, I was very like, like my voice raised and like, I wasn't yelling, but like I raised my voice. Like you would imagine a kindergarten teacher, like raises their voice in a sing songy way. And I was basically like saying that my heart was hurt that they didn't enjoy reading stamina. I was like, okay, well, what do we need to do to change it? But I was so emotional that I think they thought I was about to cry. Because one of them got up and like ran and got a tissue and brings it to me. And she goes, (laughs) she was like, who likes reading stamina? Raise your hand. (laughs) And then they're like all raising their hand. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We like reading stamina. (laughs) And I was like, oh, oh, my goodness. I was so worried that you didn't like reading stamina. (laughs) 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 But we came to the conclusion that. Like every other day, they would do reading stamina by themselves. Um, mm. And then the alternating day, I would let them read with a partner, which I, I'm okay. not I'm not excited about because it's going to be loud. And we're going to have to have a conversation about it because, you know, naturally when you get kids together in groups, it, it, the noise level rises. But I'm going to try because it was their solution and we'll see how it works. There was a few of them or there were a few of them who were like... Um, why are we doing doing read to self three times a week and read to partner only two times? And I was like, oh, okay. well, Uh-oh. I was like, oh, that's just how okay. the that's just how it fell down. Wow, we'll try it. Talk about ownership. Ownership, yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully, the noise level goes down. But it's like this time of year, like you're like either your class is really on it or you're just battling every day to remember expectations and like reach the end of the year. And with that, if you have any questions or you have funny stories that you want to share, send them to commonsensepod at gmail.com or you can send them to www.commonsensepod.com. Quote? Yes, it's from your favorite person, Rita Pearson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is from Godmama like one of, of education. Yes, it's from one of her many interviews. Um, If you look her up on YouTube, you'll see just how amazing she is. We can all learn something from her. But this is like a morning pep talk that she used to have her students say. And I feel like it's a great thing to kind of carry us through this week as we, um, as so many of us try to, you know, make it to our next day off or for some of you still trying to make it to spring break, hopefully it carries you through. And she says, I am somebody. I was somebody when I came. I will be a better somebody when I leave. When I leave. I am powerful and I am strong. Strong, yes. I deserve the education that I get here or that you give. Um, I have things to do, people to impress, and places to go. Period. Thank you. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. That's all self-explanatory. Mic drop on y'all. I am somebody. I might have to say that tomorrow. I'm probably going to cry when I say it. I'm probably going to say it tonight because I need to hear it. I'm going to say it again, okay? Come on, affirmations. I I am somebody. I was somebody when I came. 
and I will be a better somebody when I leave. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm powerful, and I am strong, and I deserve the education that I get here and that I give here. I don't even know if that makes sense, but I got things to do. I got people to impress, and I got places to go. Amen? Amen. (laughs) And with that, thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Common Sense Podcast. Subscribe at our website at www.commonsensepod.com and receive the episode a day early. You can also subscribe to the Common Sense Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. We love seeing your reviews um, and reading them, and it helps spread the message to other educators each time a review is posted. Yes, and we'll see you next time. 